Hi guys, we're your hosts Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. So I recently went to a conference and saw the amazing Jen Sincero speak, and she said this quote that really stuck with me. A bad day for the ego is a great day for the soul. What a fucking great quote. A bad so day good. for the ego is a great day for the soul. That's also been accredited to Robin Sharma. So who knows who first said it, but point is, it is a very powerful thought. And it just really goes to show how some of the shittiest things that we've been through can make us better. That shit is literally fertilizer. Like we grow through what we go through. Yes, we are talking about how to essentially turn bad things in your life into opportunities for growth. It's hard because obviously when you're going through something really hard, it's really difficult to take that bird's eye view and be like, one day I will look back at this moment and feel really, really good. (laughs) But if you do think back to some of like the worst situations that you've, you know, survived in your life, like something that's been really bad for your ego, like something extremely embarrassing, disappointing, shameful, traumatic, painful, whatever it is, in hindsight, there must have been some serious growth and development that came out of that because sometimes the hardest things that happen to you can also in hindsight be the best and we're going to share our own stories of how we've turned the shit into fertilizer but that's what this episode's all about like how to lean in to those moments and try to grow from it instead of get stuck in that like victim poor me mindset which can be a very slippery slope Yeah. And this isn't necessarily about like some of the huge capital T traumas that happen to some people that are completely out of their control. Obviously, that's a different story. If you've, you know, like been abused, we're not going to be like, oh, there's a silver lining. Like, no, fuck that. Not everything is good. That is for (laughs) fucking sure. This is really more so the things that so many of us go through, like very difficult breakups, you know, even divorce or losing a job that you love, these things that can be really character building and and game changing in the trajectory of our lives, but that we can still kind of like reclaim and have control over. There's also a really interesting book, side note, called The Upside of Down, Catastrophe, Creativity, and the Renewal of Civilization. And it's written by Thomas Homer Dixon. And it examines how all of these crises and collapses that we've seen throughout history have ultimately catapulted us to progress and Mm reinvent the future. And so it's like an external view of this internal shit that we're talking about and how this literally applies to how society is created and how case study upon case study of how bad shit throughout history unlocks the next level of the future. So you can also like apply that within. It's really interesting. On a very small scale of that, I just think about like this new work from home life that's rolled out across the world since the pandemic, like this horrific, tragic, global pandemic caused people to stay home and businesses to rethink how they structure their offices and the way that people work. And now you have these like nomadic global offices all over the world. And it's 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 totally changed the way that society is heading. So no, but it's true. And it can seem insensitive to talk about, you know, like obviously the good things that come out of suffering, but even just like in terms of the technology we created vaccines, getting vaccines approved quickly. Like I'm sure the medical field learned a lot that will save lives in the future from a terrible thing that happened and like the way that we work, all of these things 
how to be more hygienic. I thought I washed my hands a lot before, but they're like perpetually dry now with the amount I wash my hands <laughs> on a daily basis. I barely did before and I barely do now. So like same, same. <laughs> but as that applies to humans, there's this whole premise called post-traumatic growth that's been discovered in psychology and positive psychological changes basically come as a result of struggle, trauma, or challenging situations. And I'm sure when you're going through the shit and everything is really, really bad, the last thing you want to do is be told like, oh, just stay tuned for the post-traumatic growth that's going to come. If you just (laughs) hang in there, (laughs) something great will happen. Like we're not, this is not some toxic positivity bullshit. This is just recognition that through really hard times, there's a lot of growth that can happen and a lot of self-development and improvement. And post-traumatic growth can happen naturally without any like extra therapy or any extra interventions, but it can also be reinforced or like facilitated with a few key things. We're going to call them fertilizers. So if you are going through some shit right now or recently have gone through some shit and you really want to like have a quantum leap out of this bad place that you're in and alchemize all of the shit and make it better use these little fertilizer nuggets to advance to the next level and try to get to that part where you see the growth and the good. These little poop nuggets, if you will. So your first fertilizer is education and learning because when bad shit happens, it's totally disrupting our core belief system. It's confusing. It's upsetting. It can cause a lot of anxiety and just disrupts your life and your day-to-day routine. But this is when it can also be a really pivotal moment where you can challenge assumptions, rethink who you are, what you like, who you want to surround yourself with, and what you really want in life. And I think that's the learning period that really sparks change because sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to see the surface. And like the most pivotal moment that I can think of is when I had a job that you and I both worked at once upon a time. And Mm -hmm. I was so fucking burnt out in that role. And I didn't even see it until I had like a come to Jesus moment with Gabe. And he was like, I am unhappy. Our marriage is not great. You're not taking care of yourself. Like, you're not okay. And I was like, oh, fuck, I am not okay. And it took me, like, honestly, almost losing my husband, who I'd only been married to for, like, two years, and isolating a lot of people in my life to realize, like, okay, I can go down this path and make my whole job my life, or Mm -hmm. I can, like, you know, reassess what's important. So I needed to learn that lesson and have that like wake up so that I would never repeat it. And I now know like I can easily recognize when I'm creeping towards burnout and I I doubt I will let myself get there again. And if I do, y'all help me, please. (laughs) Help me out. We'll send each other our scary monster emoji. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Bill and I do have code emojis. I can't remember some of them, but I do know the monster one. Basically, if we send each other an emoji. I'm not okay. Yeah. (laughs) The tornado is spiraling. (laughs) So if you see that, we're not okay. But anyways. I feel the same way in the job situation that kind of devastated me the most, which was, I've talked about this a bunch, but losing my dream job. Yeah. Everything I had done, like basically in my life, had been towards getting to where I was. And I was on a really good trajectory to like keep going up. My favorite magazine, so happy doing what I was doing. And just blindsided and laid off. And I was devastated. And all the feelings that come with losing a job, the why me, the victimhood, the the devastation, the unfairness, the anger, the resentment, the holy shit, I gave up so much of 
above and beyond of my time and my life for this job and I meant nothing to them. And I was in therapy like three times a week. I was unhinged. But thank fuck it happened or I would still be A, working for a dying medium. Sorry, just saying. But also it made me rethink the weight that I was putting on a certain career path in my life and how much I was defined by it. And it was scary to really be at an arm's length distance from that and to be like, oh my God, I've defined my existence, my worth, my everything about me by this job and I've lost it. And now I feel like I'm nothing. I'm worth nothing anymore. That's toxic. What a horrible way to live. So through this really shitty thing that happened, I developed way more of a positive sense of self, a passion projects that I've been able to pursue, more balance, starting to take better care of myself because I just realized like martyring yourself for a nine to, in my case, it was like a 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. job doesn't mean shit because you are disposable. So what actually matters? And that learning moment that came from this bad experience changed my life for the better and pushed me to also like think outside the box in terms of what I wanted to do with my career, which has opened so many doors. So thank God that happened. But at the time, if someone had told me you're going to be glad this happened, I would have been like, shut your fucking face. I hate this. Shut your butt. It's true. (laughs) No, it's it. You've totally done like a 180 from Jill back in the day. Like, I'm really proud of you because I don't think you base your self-worth on your work anymore like you you're very proud of the work that you do and you love what you do but you're so much more than that and I think that that's so important I feel like now you've become like a whole person on your own outside of Jill the content creator Jill the writer Jill the editor thank you dude that means a lot to to have that be like seen also outside of myself too and all of these little shitty things that happen to you are just going to build your resiliency too so that you're more willing to put yourself out there when one door closes and another one opens. This is all just a lesson in resilience. Like all of these things that we're talking about just ladder back up to building resilience. And it's not about like, oh, you're so strong. I feel like people these days are really sick of hearing you're so strong. Like when bad things happen over and over again to someone and they keep being told they're strong and say, I want to be fucking soft. I don't want to be strong all the time, (laughs) you know, like I'm sick of it, you know? So it's not about like always being strong and never showing that you're upset. It's, It's not about that at all. Resilience, I really think is just about your ability to constantly transform yourself and keep going over and over again when bad shit happens and yeah. to look for the opportunity in all of the the chaos. So Yeah. I can give a perfect example of like bad shit after bad shit after bad shit happening, which was last year when we first moved away to Vancouver. Just had Mia, got a variable mortgage, interest rates like quadrupled here in Canada as it did in the US. And we were like basically almost going to lose our house. And it was the hardest time for us financially and emotionally just being away with a new baby it was just it was chaos and I remember Gabe and I sitting down at one point there was some more family stuff that happened in there and after like the last shitty thing happened we were like there's gotta be a lesson in here right like there's gotta (laughs) be something that we're supposed to learn from this and then we were like sitting down and we were like okay well like in hindsight we're doing great like our marriage is doing okay so that's good like we got better at communicating we got really good with our money and we just focused a lot more on family so like the more you can look back at at these things and try to find that golden nugget the less it's gonna like fuck up your system when something bad happens 
Yeah. A hundred percent. Doing all of that as a new mom also, dude. I was just young and naive and thought I could do all the things. No, but but that's exactly it. Thinking that you can do absolutely everything and being like, I am going to be super mom, super wife, super employee, super friend, super all of these things. And I feel like I've now seen you be like a little bit more okay with being like, I actually need to focus on one thing right now. Sorry. But like, I need to know what my limits are and play within them and do what I need to do to be okay with me and okay with my family. And so that I think has come as a result from like, trying to do it all and being like I'm not okay I'm not okay that's true growth we threw Mia a birthday party yesterday we had 35 almost 40 people and I like leading up to it I was like I want to do a kick-ass birthday like I was the definition of a Pinterest mom however will I be throwing Mia a birthday party next year absolutely not absolutely not (laughs) it is just gonna be us three and Rio eating a cake and that is it because it was it's too gonna much. be like mia's but- sweet 16 and she's like mom <laughs> remind me why i don't have birthdays again and you're like because when you were two i flew close to the sun <laughs> because your mom went a little too hard when you were two when your mom mommed too hard <laughs> there's lessons to be learned so the next part of creating that post-traumatic growth is emotional regulation and We've spoken about this before. We kind of understand the basics of emotional regulation, and that's like managing negative emotions that might come up, anxiety, guilt, anger, instead of focusing on the failure or the shame or the loss or the uncertainty. So however you best regulate is right for you. If that's exercise and like moving your body out of a a negative Mm -hmm. state, go do it. If it's mindfulness, go do it. If it's calling a friend, if it's just fucking watching friends for the 20th time, whatever you need to do do it and then try to focus on the best case possibilities, on the successes, on all of the evidence that shows you you are not stuck in this bad situation forever. Look for like the new openings that might be happening around you as a result of this struggle. So if you've lost a job, yes, this is devastating. This is terrible. Try not to focus though on this idea that you are unhirable, unworthy. You'll never get another job. Instead, be like, well, maybe this is an opportunity, you know, I didn't actually like that job that much. Or like, you know, the pay really sucked in that job. I loved it, but I didn't get paid that well. There was probably something going wrong. So Mm -hmm. use that now to catapult yourself into a new direction where you correct whatever was wrong in the last one. Look for those opportunities because they are there. But it's hard to do that when you're completely dysregulated because you're just panicking. You're rattled. You are angry. And these are really hard like dense emotions to see through. So you kind of have to like clear them out of the way and then you can start to see the good. Yeah, and I think if it's hard to take that bird's eye view, I'm reading this great book, 50 Ways to Create Great Relationships by Steve Chandler, which my old coach told me to read. It's so good. But there was a chapter in here about when you're in that like spiral or you can't, you're trying to come up with a solution and it applies to this. If you can't take that bird's eye view and figure out like what the best case scenario is in this situation, think about if your best friend was going through this, what advice would you give them or what would you tell them to do? Because it give it like disassociates you from the situation. It because it's hard yeah. in the moment, you know, when you're flooded with anxiety or you're like devastated and you're bawling your eyes out. That's such a great strategy too. Because even if when I've had friends who have lost jobs, 
the shit that I was able to tell them of like, you know what, you weren't really that happy and that was a really toxic workplace yeah. and this wasn't good for you. And so I know it's upsetting that it's not happening necessarily on your terms, but I think this could be the beginning of something better. If I had been able to tell myself that at the time and treat myself as that third party friend, I think mm-hmm. I would have had a lot less heartache over the situation. So yeah. love that advice. The next one is my favorite, disclosure. So Mm. talking about what has happened to you and what you're struggling with is so, so, so important because when you're opening up about these things, it helps you make sense of the trauma, little T, big T, whatever it is you went through, and just helps you feel less alone and isolated in it. And this is something I didn't do for like 31 years of my life. (laughs) In the past year, I've started doing it and I feel so much better talking about it with your friend, your family, your partner, whoever it is, like fucking posting about it on Reddit, which I'm also like really into right now. Welcome to 2023, Kaylin. But actually going back to Reddit, even if you're not comfortable talking about it, searching what you're going through and like finding Mm. threads on it, I've started doing that, especially with like parenting. I literally searched the other day, is it okay to scream at your kid? Because I fucking lost it. <laughs> I'm at that point. And uh, mixed answers on that. Mixed um, reviews from Reddit. <laughs> mixed, mixed reviews. Am I a bad mom because I screamed? You're not. But thank Spoiler you. Spoiler alert, you were not. Spoiler. Thank you. I appreciate that. But there's power and numbers and, and not feeling alone in whatever yeah. you're going through. So this is, this is the big one. Oh, my God. I couldn't agree more. I... I think Brene Brown talks a lot about this because she's a a shame researcher that we absolutely love. But shame can only exist like in the dark. And as soon as you put sun on it and expose it to the light, it just fucking kills it. So that shame that you might be carrying if you're in a situation where something shitty happened, let's go back to the job loss example, like that can come with a lot of shitty feelings, a lot of like feeling like you weren't good enough, a lot of shame that like this job didn't work out that you really wanted to work out. And in hiding that and not talking about it, it just kind of compounds the shame. And I think like creates this Mm. like really negative self-image about yourself. And in the minute that you discard that and start talking about it, you'll realize like almost everyone around you has probably had a situation like that. And all of a sudden you're not alone in it. You're all sharing experiences, resources, what like what it felt like. It's no longer shameful because you have a community of people who are like, me too. And that me too is so important. And obviously there's an entire movement based on it. And that entire movement as it pertains to people who have been harassed and abused is probably the biggest example of this because that is yeah. where people have been made to feel so much shame and and trauma and horrible things and are shamed into not talking about it. And the minute everyone started talking about it, there was this huge, oh my God, me too, same. Yeah. And everyone's looking at each other being like, I went through that as well. And all of that happens through disclosure. So disclosure mm-hmm. is so, so, so powerful. And then now that we're all sharing these stories and these experiences with each other, we can start to move forward and help each other and grow. And, you know, there's not always going to be like, a, again, a silver lining that happens, but we can at least like move forward together. I was listening to Call Her Daddy. She had Lucy Hale on the podcast from Pretty Little Liars. And I I never watched the show. I don't know anything about her. And I am like going to be her number one fan now. And she basically opened up about her journey uh, going through like an eating disorder, how she's now sober and she had a a drinking problem and there were some drugs dabbling in there. This is like the first time she's coming out talking about this. And she shared it for the first time with 
call her daddy and she was just like thank you for creating the space and letting me talk freely like she shared some stuff that like she was she mentioned in the episode she's like i was nervous to talk about these things because it could impair like me getting jobs in the future but it sounded so therapeutic and like her level of comfort from the beginning of the episode to the end she was like Mm. laughing by the end of it like opening up sharing way more stories and i was just like my heart was so happy for her listening to this episode and even like i related to a lot of the things she was talking about from a drinking standpoint on how like yeah she would just overdo it and a hundred percent and i'm i am we've talked about this before i'm hardwired to overdo it too like it's just in my nature it's in my genetics like that's when i drink i'm going to drink like we are going to town i'm getting regulating that now but the more she talks about that and the more we talk about that it just helps people question things that they're going through and like examine things that they're going through too and make it feel like i'm not alone in this because really yeah that that's also my problem with drinking it's not that like i drink too often but when i do i overdo it too and i feel like we've both always yeah. like shared this problem and so then for people who don't understand it it's just like well then just fucking don't overdo it like what's wrong with you but it's there is this hard wiring that's really hard of like not understanding limits, having all of these variables that factor in that can like take you over the limit. And then as yep. soon as you hit that point, it's like, there's no going back. I'm fucking yeah, raging. Like I'm going to yeah. just keep drinking and I'm going to like belligerently believe that I am sober the entire time yeah. and that I need more. And so yeah. something kicks in and the more that we talk about it and even us sharing it with each other and sharing it on the podcast, it's like, oh, there's so many other people who are going through this. So no, it's not that there's like, there's no moral fault that's making me do this. I don't need to feel bad about myself. I just need to recognize that this is something that happens easily and try to mitigate it the best I can. The more people open up about whatever they're going through, you'll realize that like, Maybe you're not going through exactly what that person's going through, but there's little shades of it. There's shades of gray. It's not so black and white. So if you take – you hear the words alcoholic, you're like thinking, okay, well, that doesn't apply to me. But if you hear things about like the sober curious movement or like people who who binge drink and blacking out and you learn about all these different – things that are, that are in that same realm, you can figure out, okay, yes, I relate to that story. That's how I'm doing it. How do people deal with that? It's true. A, a big part of the post-traumatic growth like theory is when you're on the other side of it, like you can provide service to other people. And so I think Ooh. the disclosure is the first pathway to that service because by sharing mm-hmm. it, you are doing a service to people by being vulnerable and pulling back the curtains on your experience so that they can feel like they can relate. And then when you're on the other side of it, you can pass on how you got there. And so whatever it is you're going through, that disclosure is an act of service to other people. And you don't need to have figured it out before you share it. It's like step one is share it for you. And then step two is share it for other people. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. And through all of that disclosure and the sharing, you start to create a narrative which is the next most important thing you can do for this post-traumatic growth process and that is writing your own story about that trauma or that hardship and seeing what your life is going to be afterwards so that you get to be in charge of the chapters that are ahead because Mm. I think a lot of time trauma and struggle and all of these things it feels like the pen is being taken away from us and our life is being written for us. And we're like, I didn't choose that. I didn't want that to happen. What the fuck? Why is this happening to me? And all of a sudden, like, you're just a fucking character in someone else's story. And it's devastating. But when we take control of our narrative, we are regaining 
reshaping what this journey that we are going through is, and we get to decide what it's going to be. And it is just a footnote in your entire story most of the time. And it can be like a turning point. Like when you think of a a whole story and the character arc, like this can be the hero's journey where the character decides to like do things differently afterwards, Mm -hmm. where they have this amazing realization and they change their lives. Every extremely successful, iconic person that you know has some sort of story, I promise you, where there is a turning point that happened because of something brutal. It's like, I was living out of my car. I was having trouble making it. Something had to change. So then I went and shot my shot. A lot of founders also start from like horrible health problems. Like they were living one way and then they have a terrible cancer diagnosis or, you know, and crippling endometriosis, all of these different things. And then they couldn't go on that way. So they had to make a huge, huge change. But the the challenge is always the turning point. So I think that's where you start to write your own story about what this turning point is going to be for you. Because that story that we tell ourselves is so important for how yeah. we overcome it and how we move forward. It is everything. It's your, it's your montage moment. It's basically the moment yeah. where you're going to have all the different elements that are going to change your life. And it's up to you to like bring that main character energy. Or are you going to be that like background player that's just going to like let the shit that happened to you define you? Do it for the plot. It's true. And when you look back at all of these you know, shitty things like Kaylin and I were just talking about like some of the examples before we started recording of like just shitty things that have happened that like weren't a good time, but (laughs) how they have shaped us. And when I think of like the most toxic relationship that I've ever had, and it was really horrible. I really lost myself in it. Horrible breakup, lying and cheating. And really like I started to just like lose my mind because it's like you start to not know what the truth is and question everything and question yourself. Mm. And, but I'm so glad that happened when I was young because it taught me so much. And my narrative after that was never ever that I'm unlovable or that I wasn't enough. And that's why I was getting cheated on or it wasn't any of these things. Fuck no. What a great lesson and why I will never settle and never lease my worth out to someone else because I'm lonely or because I'm lost because that's what I did. I just kept taking it over and over again because I was extremely lonely and lost. And so Mm. after that, I made this like really conscious decision that I only wanted to be in relationships when I was okay with myself and okay on my own. And I got really good at being on my own so that I would never need someone else's company rather than just being by myself because I fucking put up with that because I needed someone else to fill the space so thank god I got that experience and that scrub like an absolute (laughs) scrub out of my life early on because it has definitely shaped the way I date ever since then and I refuse to settle so I'm going to be like 90 years old doing my last podcast before I die being like I refuse to settle and here we are (laughs) no no you are a woman who knows her worth and trust me you're not going to make it to 95 solo okay and if you do that's okay I'll be right there with you because women live longer than their partners sorry Gabe it's just like fact and second life second wife (laughs) there we go there we go no, but it's true. I think that's a really important thing for anyone dating out there. You could easily let a failed relationship or a toxic relationship like scar you and keep you away from yeah. finding your next great love. Or you could be like, okay, now I know I don't like this fucking red flag that I just realized. And it'll prevent yep. you from 
being hurt in the future. It's a redirection. It really yeah. is. Wow, what a therapy session. I'm even on like a nice comfy couch right now. I feel like we just covered a lot of territory. Um, I'll send you the $200 I owe you for this session. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'll just like deposit it right back, uh, right back at you for listening to me. And obviously, as we said, there's some shit that really does transcend growth opportunities. And when yeah. those things come <laughs> up, like, yeah, you don't need to learn from it. You just need to talk to someone and, you know, get some support. And that's totally okay. But for the garden variety bullshit that we all deal with garden on a day-to-day variety. basis, <laughs> that old chestnut, I really <laughs> hope that this helps with how to, like, move through these experiences and these shitty things yeah. and fertilize the heck out of your front lawn with it and grow yeah. grow through what you go through because we are all basically a mosaic of all the shit that we go through that makes better and better amen to that you got this so there you have it guys thank you so much for listening if you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time. Bye. Bye.